There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul on a Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg, South Africa. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for taking time in your schedule for making an opportunity in your life to come and share a few minutes with us as we prepare for Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Shemais. We're beginning the book of Shemais. Can't believe we got through. Gracious. So quickly, but we move on. Baruch Hashem. Another fantastic week, a week of tremendous, tremendous opportunities. Those who were present on Wednesday night at the great Siyum Hashas that took place here in Johannesburg. What an amazing, amazing opportunity to show our honor, to show our respect for, for the Torah and those who, and those who learn it. And hopefully many were inspired to get involved on whatever level it is. A little bit more Chumash, a little bit more, a few more Shiurim. Maybe the Daf Yomi, maybe the Daf Shavuah, maybe something to inspire you, to help you grow, because that is what life is all about at the end of the day. That's all that actually matters. We have to be doing, learning our Torah, doing our mitzvahs, doing what we need to do, and everything else, kind of the Rabban Shalom looks after us if we make our, our little effort. Anyway, it's great to have you all on on board. We're going to do a little uh, issue on the on the Pasha of, of, of the week, and then we'll do a halachic segment on laws of Yontif, which is what we're discussing. So set back if you have time and uh, follow along. If you're busy, still try to put an ear and, and hear what's going on. If you're stuck in traffic, well, you're not going anywhere anytime soon. So just kind of follow with us. So at the very beginning of Sefer Shemois, so we're told that our Kodesh Baruch Hu counts Klai Yisrael again, even though Rashi says, even though they were already counted. Very shortly ago in Pashas by Yigash, we already were counted. And Rashi explains the reason for this by saying that Klai Yisrael are compared to stars, which our Kodesh Baruch Hu also counts. And he brings a Pasuk to prove that our Kodesh Baruch Hu always counts the stars. And the understanding is, anything that one counts over and over again demonstrates that one loves and is uh, in- incredibly uh, uh, cherished to that particular that particular object. Hakadosh Baruch Hu's love for Klal Yisrael is conveyed by his counting them by their individual names when they were alive, and then once again, even. When they were no longer alive after they died, he counts them again. In fact, Sefer Shemais, we know, deals with first the Golas of Klai Yisrael in Mitzrayim, and then the Geula from, from there. By counting Klai Yisrael again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is sending his, nas- his, his, his nation a very important message that even though you are descending to Golas and you're entering a, a period in your life where it's going to be difficult to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. There's going to be what we call a Hester Ponim. Nevertheless, you are clearly beloved by the Rabbani Shlodim. And whatever pain, whatever difficult experiences we have to go through the Golas, so it's also felt by the Rabbani Shlodim. Because that's the reason that 
he appeared to Moshe Rabbeinu the first time in a sne in a burning thorn bush. Bush. From this, we realize that our relationship with the Rebbeinu Shlomo is still intact, and the fact that we don't see Hakadosh Baruch Hu is only a temporary issue. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is temporary concealing himself. Chazal tell us that in fact the concept of night. Night symbolizes the Golas. And the stars symbolize Klaiso. So the counting and this comparison to stars, so then send a very, very clear message that the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu accompanies us even in our darkest moments. As in fact, Dovon Melech writes, Gam ki elech some of us, even if I'm in the darkest place, in the shadow of death, I don't fear anything bad is going to happen to me because the Rabban Shalom, you are with me. And Hashem's whole perspective towards us is that every single Yid counts. Every single Yid matters. There's absolutely no duplication, no matter how small and insignificant from our vantage point the stars look, they're so, they're so far away, right? From HaKadosh Baruch Hu's vantage point, from the Shemayim, they are viewed as thousands of times larger than the sun itself. In fact, at the very beginning of Golis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to implant into our very, very DNA, into our essence, his, his, his cook, his, his, uh, kind of heavenly perspective. Of our role, of our royalty, of our, of our loftiness, of our, of our, of our yuchos, of our lineage. And this was an order that our experience in Golas together with, unfortunately, the culture that we had to be exposed to, to the whole culture of the, of the Egyptians will only compromise ever so slowly, if at all, our devotion, our dedication to Torah and, and mitzvahs. Our clear recognition of who we really are and of our prestigious origin, where we come from, who our forefathers are, won't actually allow us to blend and identify with all those who don't share the same yichos, the same chain that we, that we have. And we find this, this, uh, concept in, in the halachas of of Yehudah, of, and the concept of, of kashrus, there's a halacha called the halacha of bittel. And we have a rule that dava shebeminyan ain't a bottle. For instance, let's say you have an item like like an egg, which generally is sold by number. So if one egg, let's say you have one tray for egg, and it gets mixed up with 60 kosher eggs... So it doesn't follow the normal rule of bittel b'shishim and become nullified and make all the other and make all the eggs kosher. The reason is because since by nature eggs are counted by number and not sort of weighed, so it means it gives rise to such a great significance that every single egg is so important that it cannot be nullified. You cannot do bitl in it. So too, by the fact that the Rabbi Nishlam counts Klai Yisrael in a very short period, twice, they were thereby given this almost like this amazing 
staying powder to to persevere and to preserve their their Yiddishkeit and not to be nullified and not to disappear under the influence of the other of the other nations. will never ever disappear no matter how large and dominating and devastating the host culture may actually may actually be. And and the mission of Klaiso in the world is to testify and to demonstrate the Rabbanishlam's one oneness, the Rabbanishlam's omnipotence in the entire world and in, in his creation of the world. And this can only be achieved properly if a Yid realizes his own significance and esteem in the eyes of in the eyes of Hashem. Whatever is in our DNA, that's gonna what's 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 gonna come out. You know, if you if you squeeze an orange, I don't care if you want milk or you want vodka, whatever it is you want, the only thing that's gonna come out is is orange juice. If a yid is convinced of his significance, of his importance, of his esteem in the eyes of Hashem, and if one you know acts in a way that's not in accordance with that, Mar says, if one eats in the street, so he loses the the ability to be a, a, a kosher witness, says the Gemara condition. The reason is because he's lost the amun, he's lost the trustworthiness of his testimony since he kind of shed his own self-respect and he now lacks the capability to become embarrassed if he were to lie and, and be caught. Likewise, the says, a Tamad Chacham, a believe, uh, there's a concept called Tevius Aina, that a Tamachokam is believed to say that a lost article belongs to him by simply identifying his ownership, by just recognizing, even without a, a, a defined simon, even without a definite proof that it's, that it's his. And the exception to this then is, it says in Shabbos, if he doesn't dress properly, if he looks a little bit unkempt, then we don't believe him. These two dinim dims demonstrate that when one lacks one's own self-esteem to the degree where he belittles himself publicly by eating in the street or the way he dresses, he loses the status of being a kosher witness, of being a valid witness. So too, a yid who doesn't realize his incredible, unfathomable, unconditional relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even during Hester Potim, even during the time that as an individual or collectively we're sent into Gullus, he will not have the strength, he will not have the resolve, he will not have the fortitude to remain unassimilated with the non-Jews around us. And the possibility is, Chas V'Shalom, that even his mitzvah observance and his devotion to HaKadosh Baruch Hu will eventually wane. Bilam said concerning Klal Yisrael, Hein am levodad yishkain uvagoyim lo yishashav. says, Behold, the Jewish nation dwells by themselves and are not recognized by the other nation. That's the Poshut Pshat. We can actually also do a different touch of the same pasuk, as behold, the nation of Klai Yisrael dwells alone, 
Uvagoyim loy. They don't assimilate with the goyim. Why not? Because Yishashav. Because Klaishel deems themselves as the most significant of all the, the nations and we're sort of light years away from them and it would be almost debasing ourselves to stoop down to their low standards and, and, and their, their un, un, you know, sort of controlled uh, desire to satiate their own, their own uh, desires and their own tivus and their own drives while we instead possess the nobility and, and the royalty and, and, and the divinity. We are the kochavim, we are the stars that shine with our Kaddish Baruch Hu's light even in the darkest of, of, of Golis. And in fact, a, an incredible allusion to this thought is in fact the word, the word kochavim. If we take the word kochavim and it's spelt completely out, so in other words, uh, uh, the words kaf is spelled sort of kaf base yud. The whole word, so it adds up to the word actually yischashav. That's what the Balaturim, Balaturim says. So that it's, you know, it's to show us that what we are is such a far cry from, from the, from the, the way the world thinks are important, from the sports figures, from the, from the, from the rock stars, from all of that. The Havdil. We fill our daily routine with Tafyomi, with Kedusha, with Tyra, with Mitzvahs, and that's because we are such noble and elevated people and we don't stoop to the depravity and the evil of the, of the rest, of the rest of the world. Perhaps there's even another way of learning the same Pasuk, that when we talk about the Jewish nation, we're unique from amongst all the other nations, in what way are we in fact esteemed in their eyes? We are esteemed with our resolve to sometimes be able to say to say no with a capital Lamed. Right? And, and a daily example of this is, yo, we can, we can know we don't eat this, we don't talk this way, we don't look at this, we don't speak in such a manner, right? we don't touch this type of thing, we don't listen to these kinds of things. We're constantly saying no. And unfortunately the nations of the world so uh, they don't do it very often. There was a long time ago, in the 80s I think, a, a, a anti-drug campaign where the motto was just say no to to drugs. Well, it didn't Lost all that long. Nowadays, how many cities and, and countries and municipalities are now legalizing all types of, uh, of, of drugs? And now really the motto has become just maybe just say yes to, to, to drugs. And on the other hand, we, the Yidin today, we're still, we're dedicated to fulfilling all Tariyag mitzvahs, all 365 negative mitzvahs and the 248 positive mitzvahs for over 3,000 years, right? including many of that time in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in Gullahs. And not only the mitzvahs, there are thousands and thousands of extra chumra, sexo, dinim, durabonon that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that have been added over the ages. And this incredible ability we have of even the plain, so-called simple Yidin 
to control themselves, to, to discipline themselves in such a great manner is the secret envy of all the other nations. And therefore, if any respect is to be given to the Jewish nation, it's because of our loyishasha. It's because of our nose. It's no wonder that even the goyim, right, uh, uh, make 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 uh, caricatures of our of, of our physical face. They they emphasize our our you know our big our big uh, our big noses, and uh, and yeah, they make all the regulations are uh, 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 our essence, and we have the ability. To say no, we use our our nose and we say no, and we and we uh, and we separate ourselves, and that's the idea of Shabbos. Shabbos completely separates us also from from uh, from the goyim, and 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 we keep where we look forward to Shabbos and we dedicate ourselves to Shabbos. It's the highlight of our life. It's the highlight of our uniqueness, and that is what builds as we start Sefer Shemois. That's what we talk about. That's what makes Klaisol unique. That's what makes Klaisol different. That's what is the basis of the Jewish nation. We'll be back after the break with our Halachas Yamtiv segment. This is 101.9 Chai FM on the greatest radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back on your radio here in Johannesburg. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Shemois. As we said, we're starting a new, a new book. Important times you need to know for this Shabbos, as we always do at this juncture on the show. Candle lighting this afternoon is the standard Johannesburg summertime candle lighting time, which is quarter past six, six fifteen. The actual latest time for getting the candles on is at six forty six this af- this afternoon if you need be. Sunset this evening is at seven oh four. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at seven thirty nine. It's already getting earlier. Last week was seven forty. Guys, Winter is coming. May not seem like it, but we know it is. That's the way the calendar works. You go from one season straight through into, into, uh, into another. The Haftarah is the regular Haftarah for Parshas Shemais. But it's a new book, new opportunity. Get stuck in, learn something, be, be inspired. We are going through some of the laws that apply to Yom Tov and our observance there, thereof. We, uh, speaking a, b- a bit about the Molochom Haitzah of carrying as it applies to, to Yantav. So we'll kind of carry on a bit where we left off, uh, uh, last week that if a person is going out, let's say, into the street on, on Yantav, he needs to, uh, go somewhere and he doesn't want to leave his house open. There are, believe, some places where they still don't always need to lock their doors, but he doesn't want to leave his house open. He's worried about uh, you know, people coming from the outside and maybe wanting to taste the amazing food that he's prepared for the lunch they're going to have this uh, this afternoon. So you're allowed to lock your house where the food is, where your furniture is, where everything is, in order to keep it safe for your needs for the rest of Yom Tov. And you can carry with you the keys that you use to lock the door, because that is definitely considered necessary 
for Yom Tov. And similarly, I can even carry the, if I have, uh, other rooms in the house, rooms that contain items that I might need during the course of, uh, of Yom Tov, my wardrobe or my clothing or I want some nice uh, jewelry, whatever, or some nice decorations to put on the table that I could use on Yontav. That's fine. There's a discussion amongst the uh, the Paiskim. If, let's say, I uh, have other keys that I don't need. I have the keys to my safe on uh, on my bunch of keys, and I'm worried that, uh, you know, if I don't carry my key to the safe, maybe while I'm out, uh, uh, Ganovim will come in and, and steal... And steal the money. So some say that one shouldn't do that because the allowance to carry on Yom Tov is only those things that I need to benefit, to enjoy. That's make a significant difference in my Yom Tov and not simply to prevent, God forbid, a loss from, from uh, taking place. And that seems to be the opinion of the Rosh and the Maril in, in the Aloha. And others argue and say, no, that to be able to go out of the house with the confidence and not be anxious and not be worried that your things are are safe, that's also considered part of the enjoyment, part of the happiness of Yom Tov, and therefore you'd be allowed to carry on Yom Tov even the keys, let's say, to your to your safe, and that seems to be the opinion of the uh, of, of of the Ramon, and it seems practically. Uh, speaking, that certainly if one wanted to be lenient and carry that with you, one has on whom to to rely, but uh, it would be even better that he should put the keys that he is worried about leaving in the house, maybe leave them with the, with the neighbors, and uh, if he does want to carry those keys, so then he should do it perhaps in a differently, uh, in an unusual kind of way, in other words, put them, uh, I don't know, in his hat or in an unusual place on his garments where you wouldn't normally normally uh, 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 keep them. Uh, you certainly are not allowed to carry in the street something that you want to give or use for interaction with a non-Jew, even if the non-Jew kind of uh, guarantees you that uh, if you bring him such an item, he'll bring you food and you know things for shop for 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 the yomtiv. You still you cannot carry for a non-Jew on on yomtiv because there is no real connection between what you're going to carry for the guy and preparation of food for for uh, for for yomtiv. And even if the uh, guy would, I don't know threaten him or or something like that, that if you don't bring him whatever it is that he wants from you, uh, then he's going to, I don't know, you know, going to harass you or steal things from you. Still, that's, even that is not a sufficient reason to, to break, to break Yontiv because that which we allow one to do on Yontiv is only to do the kind of work that is either involved directly in preparation of food or some other way that's going to help us directly to enjoy, to enjoy, uh, 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 that, but anything that has no connection at all to either of those two wanted ideals, either preparing food or enjoying the, the, the yomtiv, so then that is not allowed on, uh, on, uh, on, on yomtiv. 
on Yantif, the laws of Tchumen, the laws of not walking more than 2,000 Amas out of a, out of a, uh, a populated area apply on Yontov as they do on, on Shabbos because the concept of these special days, both Shabbos and, uh, and Yontov is that, uh, we should rest. We should cease and desist from anything that's going to preoccupy us, anything that's going to worry us, and really we should be free. We should spend our time learning Torah, spending time with the family, being involved in, 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 in the celebration, the simcha of doing, of doing a mitzvah, not to frivolously waste our time by just walking around and doing nonsensical things, and therefore Chazal instituted that a person on Yom Tov is not allowed to go uh, 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 more than uh, uh, 2,000 Amas from the place where he fixes his residency on Yom Tov, right? That's his, uh, what's called, the place where he's staying. And from there you can walk 2,000 Amas in any uh, 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 direction. It's about, we said, it's about uh, 900, 912 Meters slightly less than a, uh, than a, than a kilometer, uh, from the place, if you're in a city, so then obviously we said you have the whole city as your immediate residence and you can walk 2,000 amas outside the, the, uh, borders of, of the city. If you spend Yamtav in a, uh, in a field, so then, then you're stuck and you just have about four amas two two meters in either direction. And that's your, that's your, that's your home, four amas, and then you have two thousand amas in, uh, in every, in every direction. If you're in a city or set or in some kind of built up area, then the whole place is your, is your home, and you can walk two thousand amas. We'll come back with a closing comment after the break. This is 101.9. This is Chai FM. Please stay with us. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back on your radio here on a Friday afternoon as we approach the end of our, our show, but still a few more moments <coughs> to share a few more gems of Halacha together. So we're saying that even though you are allowed to prepare whatever you need for Shabbos within, obviously, uh, uh, for Yontif, within the uh, uh, limits of what we've already discussed before, nevertheless, one would not be able to travel outside of the, uh, of the Tchum, even for the needs of Hisudis, Hisudis Yamtiv. Why? Because that which we allowed on Yamtiv, the preparation of anything you need for foods, that's only regarding food that is already found in your area. It's already available to you. It's there. And you just have to get ready for the meal that you can do. But in the same way as let's say it wouldn't be allowed to, I don't know, go harvest your grain or to go trap uh, animals in order to have them for Yantiv. 
so too it's forbidden to go out of the your your established residence on Yom Tov in order to bring more foods because those foods that are not yet in your area when Yom Tov starts so they're not they're not accessible to you and they're not in your kind of mindset and you must kind of stay away from them on uh, on, on Yom Tov. Furthermore, the uh Although the, the Isser of walking beyond that, those limits is not actually included in the 39 Malachas, therefore only things that are part of the 39 Malachas and have the dispensation of being necessary for food preparation on Yantav, those are, are permitted. But something that's not in the, in the 39 Malachas, so doesn't then de facto become permitted in a in a situation where you need it for 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 yomta. If a non-Jew brings, let's say, fruit or other things from outside the tchum on on yomtiv, so if he brought them for himself or even for another non-Jew, so then any. Jew would be allowed to eat it because he didn't bring it for us. That, uh, the, the, however, the the Chazal still fixed these laws of Tchumen even on property that belongs to the uh, to the non-Jew, and therefore, since those fruits which the guy brought tr- uh, came from outside the the Tchum, so then you cannot you can use them, but you cannot carry them more than four amas from where you re- receive them. And let's say if the guy brought them into your house <coughs> or into a place, that's a Roshus Hayachet, it's already surrounded by a fence or it has an Eruv, so then you'll be able to carry it anywhere that in, within that surrounded area, you'll be able to, to carry it. If the non-Jew brings the fruit specially for the Jew, then Chazal made a that neither he nor his family is allowed to benefit from that fruit until the Chag is over and uh, enough time has passed that if he had set out and brought them after Yom Tov, they could have arrived at his house. Only then would he be allowed to to use it. But for other Yidin, who are, he brought it for you, so someone who's not part of your own household, so if it wasn't brought for them, they would be allowed to have benefit from the fruit on the condition that, again, if it's if they came from outside the tchum, they cannot be moved. Be and the outside, they cannot be moved more than more than four four amos. A a Jew who brings food from outside the tchum, so. If he is someone who was aware of the fact that he shouldn't have done it and did it nevertheless, then no Jew is allowed to benefit on Yom Tov from the, from the, from the food that he, that he brought because he did it, uh, he did it be, be, be he did it in a prohibited way. What about the laws of Muktza? How do they or don't they apply on, on, uh, on, on Yom Tov? So, we know that Chazal forbade both on Shabbos and Yom Tif to carry things 
that cannot really be used during those during those days, and therefore, because they really can't be used, a person separates himself, sets himself aside from. He doesn't have his mind in them. He's, he doesn't think about them. Those are beyond, outside of his consciousness during Shabbos because he has no, no, uh, no, no uh, need for them. We actually mentioned there are two fundamental reasons for the the reason the surim of of Muktzah. One is not only you know not only the thirty nine malachas, but we want to sort of keep the atmosphere of of these days to be holy, to be sanctified, not to be doing all sorts of things, and therefore we should stay away from the kind of objects that we use during during the uh, the, the the week. And therefore, your hands shouldn't carry and shouldn't be involved with the kind of things that you're doing during the week and have no connection at all to to Shabbos. And if you like to carry everything, then you'd be treating Shabbos as a, a regular a regular day. We need to discuss this a little bit more, go into well and sort of quantify the the halachas. Please, God, we'll have an opportunity to do that uh, next week if Hashem lets us. And until then. I want to just thank every one of you for being part of the show, for turning on your radio to Chai FM. It's the best radio station to be listening to. There's so much story, so much opportunity to to grow here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, a family time of Kedusha, of Menucha, of growing, of learning, of being involved in Shirim and things like that. And we look forward to sharing some time again together next week. And to each and every one of our radio family, we wish an individual Good Shabbos.